This is Anabaptist Perspectives. In March of this year, Siloam Ministries hosted the 18th Annual Men's Seminar at the Hartwell Mennonite Center in Hartwell, Georgia. Pete Witt was one of the two speakers for the weekend, and today we will hear his second message called, The Impact That Fathers Have on Their Child's Desire to Learn. This morning, there was a lot of curiosity, and it's been interesting to me to watch the continuation of that curiosity of what this board is all about. But this board kind of can fit the place in both two of my different talks. Normally, I would have made mention of what this is about in the first talk this morning. But since my wife wasn't here, and, and she usually starts pointing and motioning and mouthing at me when I'm forgetting things, and uh, we're going to talk about it right now. The second topic, a father's impact on his child's desire to learn. We as fathers and as leaders and as grandfathers too, have a huge impact on what our children think about and their motives in life and learning is one of them. This is an example of a young fellow's desire to do something for his school. We were in Michigan last spring, working among the Amish churches there, helping them with children that struggle. We were hosted at the home of a, for a noon meal of a home of a family that had several dyslexic boys. And the father himself was very dyslexic. But that didn't slow that man down. He persevered to accomplish, to succeed, and to help his children to understand what it's like to push forward when the odds are against you. And one of his sons struggled severely in school. He, his school was hard for that boy. But his first year out of school, he wanted to do something for his school. He, re he recognized the value of learning. And he wanted to do something for their annual sale benefit auction they have. And his father was, is a very creative man, a father's influence. This boy, he's about... 13, 14 years old. He went out to the shop and he, just, he got in his mind he would like to build something that would be valuable in school. So he wanted to make this board and he did all of this by himself. And all of these states up here, you probably can't see it too well from back there, but uh, I'll set it up here. You're welcome to look at it later. But <clears throat> all of these states and all of this work 
This is cut into this board with an air router. They're Amish. And it's all done. It was drawn off and then done free with just freehand. All he had was a map of the United States. How do you get it from this size to this size? This boy went, he, he did all of this on his own. He took that map and began to enlarge it. Until, and then he would, when he ran out of space on a piece of paper, he would just work on that section. Until he had the whole thing and he cut them all out and put them together. And he had him a map of the United States that was this size. And then he drew it off. And then he got his air router and sat down and went to work. All of these are free-handed, cut into the, the names. He put these rivets through here. They would be geographically correct as to where the capital of that state is in that state. Then he put all of the states down here in alphabetical order. Now, if you take the wires... And I'm safe in Georgia. So I can connect those two together. And I'm rewarded with a light that comes on. This boy, in his mind, he built this thing. Then he went to the shop and did it. At his age, with his struggles... When I saw this thing, the first time I laid my eyes on it, his father showed it to me as an accomplishment of a young boy that was considered ignorant in school. Was he ignorant? And the amount of work that is in this thing, but there were was, there was some mistakes on here. Can you guess what those mistakes are? Spelling. Spelling. That's exactly right. And that made it that much more special to me. And <clears throat> I noticed some of you looking at the back side today. That, that father that day... He saw how bad I wanted that thing. Finally, he said, we'll sell it to you and we'll make another one. Today, they make these things to sell. They've gone over so well. They cut them out of poly. So they're indestructible. And they'll, they're easy to clean. But I wish I would have had this when I taught school because when I give presentations and I have this out, invariably I'm going to have a lot of children after, afterwards are going to be up here at this thing trying out their knowledge of the, of the United States and capitals. And fathers like to get in there too. I even had a, some boys not long ago that got on the backside back here and figured out how to connect on the backside the rivets to make the light come on. And uh, this happened, 
I believe the boy that did this, he had the courage to attempt a project like this because he had a father that believed in him. A father that, that had a positive attitude at life. And he showed his son in everyday life that I believe in who you are. I can understand what you're going through. And I'm walking with you through life. Fathers or fathers-to-be out there, whoever, whichever pair of shoes you wear, even grandfathers, do we realize the impact that we have on children's decisions on their journey in life? What does it mean to them for us to take an interest in them? What does it, how does it inspire them when life isn't easy? Well, I can say as a young boy, my father's, the times that he took to talk with me and to share with me were special times almost above all else in my growing up years. My father was busy, but he took time for us to be together. But when we show an interest in whatever a child is doing, you know, if they're on the, on the floor there pushing their little, their little tractor around and they've built them a farm and their barn is here and the animals are in their little pasture and, and they're mine and, and they can be a, about their work, but when, when dad stops by and takes notice, thing, that, that farm just, the crops just turned green and the cows are milking more, Everything has changed. Life has come to that farm because of the one who took notice of it. The impact we have on our children is a lot because we're their heroes. Whether we like it or not. Whether we realize it or not. And we do need to realize it. Because when we're heroes, we're leaving lasting impressions on their lives. They're looking up to us. They're following us. And sometimes those little footsteps are a lot closer to ours than we realize. And they're just longing for the day when those little footsteps can fit into our steps. And they can be like us. That may be a little frightening to us sometimes when we think of, of the shortcomings that we've had in life. At least it is with me. But everything that we show an interest in out there, you can almost guarantee yourself it's going to be a special interest that they're going to have as well. Even in learning. The field of education has been an inspiring and a discouraging field for me to work in for the last 30 years. Inspiring because we're touching the lives of young people. We're touching the lives of the church of tomorrow. 
We're giving them tools to work in the kingdom with. But sometimes discouraging because we see a lack of interest coming from the home about education. Sometimes it's kind of like, you know, uh, it was sort of like castor oil. You know, I took mine and I survived and he'll take his and he's going to make it too. But nobody enjoyed it. That can be passed right on. I've seen it firsthand experience. And I've also seen parents that have a real interest in education, an interest in learning, an interest in the, in the wonders of life and wanting to know how and why life works like it does and the beauty of creation and all of God's wonder. They don't, when they see a flower, they don't see just the flower. They see the beauty of the flower. And they take time to notice what's around them. Our leadership in that, our interest in those things, is what instills those interests in children. The interest of, of, of knowing life is a journey, and on life's journey, there's a lot of things to see. And there's a lot of things to learn. Learning is actually kind of like a mindset. Because as we become so busy in life, and life just passes by, we learn to live on the glimpse as it goes by. And we stomp out the fires and away we go again. That's about all we stop for. We hope we got it stomped out good that the place doesn't burn completely down until I get back to it. Children learn to operate kind of the same way. And the learning experience, the desire to know, today there's something that is fighting us that is a greater enemy than we've ever had before. It's called technology. Technology is a tremendous tool. We've heard it referred to different times today. It is a tremendous tool, but it needs to stay in the tool chest in the tool category as a useful thing. And it needs to be taught to them from that angle. That it doesn't turn into an enjoyment, something to explore, something to go wandering around in. Technology is dangerous and it's very helpful. But what it's doing is it's replacing a lot of the wonder and the going into the farthest recesses of, of a child's mind to think and discover. There's too much in our day and time today of children that want to go to the screen to find out things and discover things. And see, God, I'm not saying God's not on that screen somewhere. I'm not going to go there. But 
I love to see a child that's laying on his back in the grass and he's staring up at the clouds. He says, can you see that turkey up there in the clouds? Well, we can't unless we're willing to get in his position. But with, in his mind, with his time, he's looking, he's opening not only his eyes, but he's opening his mind and his imagination. <clears throat> I think it's so important for us, as we introduce life to our children, that we introduce it with the interest of knowing and knowing the Creator. And knowing the wonders of God. And how He has marvelously created us. Fearfully. Some children don't have a clue. How life works. It just, I get up. I get dressed. I go through the day. They don't stop to think about even themselves and their body. We can go through, we can, be, we can learn to go through life picking up the, barely the pieces and living on the glimpse. And really in the end, we miss most of the whole picture as it goes by. And it seems like the speed that life is being lived today it's easier and easier for our children to find themselves in the same place. And even doing our best as teachers, as parents, we have to give them things to see and think about and call to their attention. This kind of relates to this. I remember a little girl I had one time that in the unfortunate situation, she didn't have a father in, in her home setting. She didn't really understand a lot about life. It seemed like life was just a place to be. And school was like that too. It was just a place to be. And you could go through subject matter with that girl and she could maybe tell you a little bit of what you'd gone over. But she couldn't. She wasn't open to opening her mind. She didn't seem to know how. Somewhere there was a link missing. And I remember one time we studied. We were studying human anatomy. And in that anatomy class, when you took the test, there was a, a uh, skeleton, kind of a body on that test. And what you had to do was list the names of the different parts of the body that had a letter beside it, like A, B, C, D. And then you had to explain in detail how a bite of food that you put in your mouth is digested all the way to the rectum. There wasn't but about five or six things that needed to be mentioned. Like we chew the food, we break it down, the enzymes completely break it apart. You know, it goes to the stomach. But the first two things that she had on that test was that food goes in the mouth and is chewed and it goes out the rectum. 
Now, brethren, if that's not a bypass, I don't know what it is. <laughs> she knew that those two things happened. But what happens between them, she had no clue. And we had gone over it and over it and over it. Opening her mind to think about her body. To think about life. I could... And when you encounter children like that, that have never really opened their mind to the wonder of learning. We always, you know, we think of, if I don't know how to do something, I'll do it like Daddy did it. That's an old standby that's pretty safe. I'll just do it like Dad did. You hear of girls that have grown up to their teen years and, and older, and they're starting to take responsibility in life, and they want to do things like Mom did. I can ask my wife today, why do you do that? Why do you put spaghetti noodles in vegetable soup when you can it? I don't know, mom did it. That's good enough. It's that inspiration of our heroes that walk before us. And fathers, in the role of being a hero, you're a victor. You're an overcomer. You're the one that has the answers when no one else has them. And you always know what's the right thing to do. Being interested in life and helping them to notice things along the journey as they make choices in life it's our responsibility to help them to learn from those choices. So that they don't... Dad used to tell me, he said, Son, it's not wrong to make a mistake. We need to learn from our mistakes. But he said, one thing that you can do is learn from other people's mistakes too. He said, that's a mistake you don't have to make. Be willing to learn Be willing to talk to our children and help them to notice those things that they so easily can pass by. If our children are at home in the evening and they're working on homework, often the mothers or maybe an older sibling may be sitting there helping them with that homework and and trying to help them to understand it. And it turns, it's kind of a mundane thing, you know. It's just, we're plowing through this stuff. But if you want to see something change, let daddy walk up there and sit down and say, what are we working on here? Business just picks up. What's happening? Tell me, what, what are you doing? And we can, you know, we can make little remarks like, Oh, I never really enjoyed that either, but I found out that it was 
a good thing to know and I'm glad I did take an interest in it. Or either, oh, I just love that. When I went to school, we did that too and this is how we did it and things like that. It's the interest. Talking with them about something they can relate to you on. Having a special interest. It will spark in them the desire to know more. And I've, in my years in the classroom, I've seen children that they took home an assignment maybe or something to work on. The next day in class, when we came to that subject, hand would go up. My daddy said so and so and so about this thing. Normally he wouldn't have said a peep about that thing. No comment. But he had to say what his daddy said about it. And I knew I was expected to agree with it too. <laughs> Whether it was right on target or not. There was a special interest there because daddy said it. When we find ourselves on familiar ground with our hero, he's taken an interest in us. We can talk with him about something. We often sow seeds into their lives that we aren't even aware of. That happened with me and my father. Dad was an electrician. He was a master electrician, but he didn't get to do much electrical work in my lifetime. That was mostly before my years. He was involved in education so much of the time, but dad used, electricity was close to his heart. And he used to like to talk about the jobs they were on and the things they did. The power plant that he helped, uh, Lake Sinclair, he helped build that power plant. And he would talk about <laughs> those things. He could just hold me spellbound. How they, how they leveled squared and shimmed that tremendous arbor that runs down through that powerhouse that those turbines are mounted on. He said that thing had to be so perfectly balanced. Had they allowed those turbines to begin turning, opened the shuttles, and let the water flow through and hit that turbine and begin to spin. That shaft went up about three or four stories, clean out the top of that house. It had bearings on that thing that we can't even imagine. But he said if that shaft hadn't been perfect, absolutely perfect, it would have shook that powerhouse to pieces. He said and when they opened the the shuttles on that thing and water began to flow through. They slowly let the thing turn and then they opened them on up. He said, and she was in full hum. He said, and it was just perfect. That shaft was just spinning at a terrific speed. We're talking about a huge piece of steel. And it that that's so listening to those stories so inspired me to know more about what my dad knew that 
somehow, and I don't know when it happened, I, I held on to and retained so many of the little things that we would talk about that he took time to talk with me about the stories that I was actually learning the electrical trade. And then every time I got the opportunity to follow an electrician around in life, I would look at what he was doing. And I learned the basics of electricity. And then I went on, today I'm a licensed electrician. I owe all that to my dad, sparking the interest. Although he, didn't, he couldn't teach me, I taught myself the trade. I learned how, to, how three-way switches and four-way switches worked on the side of a silage wagon with a piece of stub of a pencil. And I, and I, I, was, I was determined to know how those things switch back and forth and work. Between loads, I worked all day long almost on that. And it's really not that hard to understand. But being a dyslexic, I had to totally understand how it worked before I could leave it alone. And that was that desire to know that interest was sparked because that was something my dad was interested in. Those were things he took time to talk about, to share with me, that we could talk on the same level. Sometimes we don't realize how far those little interests that we show and the seeds they sow in our children's lives, what they will mature to. Now today, dad's 84 years old, still has a very sharp mind. And we really enjoy talking about electrical jobs. He usually wants to know, what am I doing? What's going on? We share on a little bit of a different level today, but it's still a special sharing to share with Dad. <clears throat> the power of acceptance is something that children, they, they need to feel that their ambitions, their desires, and their directions in life are accepted by those that they're looking up to. And we do that when we take time to open their minds and to visit with them and talk with them, even about the small things in life, even about their school subjects or whatever the subject is. When we take that time, we're, we're inviting them to come to us and to visit on our level. And those children will remember those times. I'm sure that you can remember times with, with a parent and how they affected you. My father was, he enjoyed hunting. And he, took, he would take me hunting with him. I was truly his armor bearer. Because I got to carry whichever gun he wasn't using. Of course it was empty. But I got to carry it. For him. And he always wanted to carry a rifle and a shotgun. It seemed like the one I was carrying was always the heaviest one. But I was, I was in the woods with Dad. 
When he stopped to look at something, I wanted to know what he's looking at. When he studied something in a tree, I wanted to know what it was. If he took time to show me things, it made me want to know. I could have walked past it all day long by myself, and I would have never really been interested in it. It never would have stood out to me. But the fact that dad was there, and it was something that he was looking at, Now, let's move to the school here for just a few minutes. When we think of children and wanting to know, most of the time our mind goes to school. And I've talked some about the interest that children can get sparked from their parents showing an interest in school. Well, we're, we're going into the time of the year now that is kind of the doldrums or the, the slow time of the year when it's, it, it can be nice. Spring has kind of jumped right on us this year and sticking around. But I, we've all seen years at this time of the year can be cool and wet, cloudy. And you can just about feel the weather forecast in your classroom if you've been a teacher and experience it in the way children are into their work. So we look for ways to kindle an interest, to kindle some inspiration this time of the year especially. And I remember some years ago I was thinking about this thing, you know, how can we wake up a desire to to put yourself into it? I can just about stand on my head and I'm going to get a little bit of interest for a little bit, until I get dizzy enough to fall over and then they'll forget about me. There, you know, I wanted a lasting something that's going to get the ball rolling here. And I was thinking about this thing. Who has the most influence in these children's lives in making them, helping them to want to do? That's three quarters of getting it done. It's their parents. When they take something home and bring it back, it's whatever happened at home that they can come back with a whole different interest and lighten their eyes about this thing. Well, as I thought of home, how can I, how can I cash in on this? How can I borrow from this? And, and bring that interest into the classroom when we're going through this time of the year and, and to help them. What does home have that I don't? Well, I just can't shine like home does. We can't do it. So I thought, let's bring home into the school. And I decided to try something just for an experiment. I asked the school board and the school board gave me their blessing that uh, we'll start some type of an incentive program. And we're going to involve the parents in this incentive program. Okay. 
So we were just near PTA time. So we pitched it out at PTA time. The parents kind of, okay, this is a new thought. What, how can we help in the classroom with what you teachers are dealing with? And I knew what I needed. I needed their spark of interest. So teachers are very creative, by the way. I got them to agree to the fact that we will do something together. The parents and the student body. When we reach some kind of a goal. And we'll try to come up with a plan to put into action to take us all towards this goal. Okay. I think I have had some parents that kind of look at me cross-eyed sometimes when I came up with an idea. But they, they tentatively okayed the plan. So that one of the first times I remember, we have, our school has the structure is open girders in the old part of the building. Uh, it was never sealed off in the structure there. So we took and I wrapped some green tinsel stuff around there that halfway looked like something alive, as alive as you can make a steel girder look anyway. And I put me a monkey up there, a stuffed monkey hanging by one arm. And in the other hand, he had him a, a paper bag from Kroger's and we cut out some bananas out of paper, construction paper. We stuffed some of them in there. But all along there, down that girder, were bananas hanging. And then I knew I needed another monkey or two. So I asked around and found a sister in the church that actually collected stuffed monkeys. Boy, I was cashed in on that one. I said, could I borrow some? She said, sure. She brought me a whole colony. <laughs> and she had a lot of variety too. So I went and cut a pretty big limb off of a tree and fixed it up there in the girders and hung these monkeys all up in there. And this little fella, he's going along, supposedly he's picking bananas and putting them in his bag. And he's headed across there. And he moves forward and picks a banana. And we had it fixed within the work accomplished, the grades that were accomplished. The, the whole thing was a motivation to put yourself into it. And we teachers came up with so many points would pick a banana. So every day we had to add all of our points together that let everybody contribute on the level that they were on. Not just the high achievers, but everybody. But the higher you, you scored, the more points we got because it took like 1,500 points to let this little ape pick another banana. But he was slowly moving across that thing heading towards all his buddies that were anticipating his arrival. And the parents that agreed to be a part of this thing became involved. Instead of just dropping the children off out front, sometimes they would come in mornings to see, did he move last night? It always happened in the mystery of the night. <laughs> Where is he? After school sometimes, stop in. What's going on with the monkey and the bananas? 
This thing went over so big. Our response, because home was interested in school. The inspiration, I don't know what all went on in those homes, but there was a definite marked increase in desire and they're putting themselves into it and encouraging each other. I'd hear them going out of the room in the afternoon with their schoolwork and knowing there's going to be a test tomorrow morning. And sometimes knowing certain students that struggled, it was an inspiration to me and a blessing to hear them say, Tommy, you study good tonight now. Study good. You can do it. You know you can do it. We'll, we'll all study hard tonight. There was more going on in that room than I could ever have stood on my head every day, all day long and gotten going. But it all boiled down to the interest of home coming into the classroom. And when that last banana was picked, I, I don't know who was, the, uh, who was the most excited, home or the school. But we all took off and did something together for a whole day. Sometimes I thought I'd bought myself a whole day's work that I were going to have to figure in somewhere else now, but I would never have traded it for what it was worth. Today that thing is well established in that school and, and uh, there's no way I don't think they would imagine doing away with it. We've, there's been a lot of different uh, options to that a lot of changing, you know, different angles it was used. Cheese on the wall. Mice putting a wheel of cheese together. It took so many points to move a wedge of cheese. A lot of variation. But still the same inspiration. <clears throat> and I also found out that how much home and the things that home inspired children, it meant to them. Uh, when a child walked up to my desk normally, and we had been looking for an answer or working on a problem or something, you know, I could I would try to help guide them to the right information. But when a little boy came to my desk and he had this pretty firm look on his face. And he said, my mama said, I knew I need to sit up and listen. Because I already knew it doesn't matter what I'm going to say. Mama already said. And that put a stamp of being right on it. But I really sat up and listened when he said, daddy said, So, <clears throat> what I'd like for us all just to think about is what can turn into such a normal, mundane part of life. School. School children. Dropping the scholars off out front, picking them up in the afternoon. Or just the everyday run of life. All of those special interests of learning and opening our minds. One thing I used to do with my children is I'd love to go on, on walks with them. 
And in our area there, there's uh, Indian relics can be found. And after a good rain, which will wash them out of the ground often, we love to go on a walk together. And those walks would yield sometimes real arrowheads, uh, grinding stones, stone axe heads. We have things that were really neat that were found together. But a lot of just pieces of flint that were parts of an arrowhead, really worthless. To them, they were special. They'd all get added to the collection. But it wasn't special that it was an, it was a, to them that it was a piece of an arrowhead and it was real flint. That wasn't what made it special. What made it special is that we were there together when we found those things. And those special times build a bond and an attachment that go far beyond the years of school, of school and also just the days of being at home together because our, our nest is empty today. But it's still special to find some of those stones. Uh, it's even special to me because we found them together. And the special things that we share with our child, our children throughout life, they may seem small, but they're probably attached to something much bigger. It's a bond. It's an attachment to their heart. It's a time we took out to spend with them. And when we showed an interest, whether it was in something beside the trail, or whether it was something in their schoolwork. It gives us the opportunity to spark the desire to know. In no school or any curriculum were ever, I don't believe, can be compared to the desire to want to know, like the interest of mom and daddy. So let's, let's remember that as life is, is busy, it's flashing past. We're living on the flash and operating on the dash. Once they're, once they're grown and gone, then we have the next generation. And if you want to know what's really special, let Grandpa take an interest on my farm on the floor. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Anabaptist Perspectives. For more information, you can go to our website at anabaptistperspectives.org, where we have a blog, and this material is also available in video form on YouTube and Facebook, both under the name Anabaptist Perspectives. This podcast is also available on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Anchor. We would love to hear your feedback, so if you have any thoughts on something that was shared on this show, please let us know. Again, thank you so much for listening.